What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Kabour, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter, at DeepDiveFF, or on Instagram, at DeepDiveFantasyFootball. Also, if you are hungry for Dynasty content, join the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and Twitter, where you can get my draft sheets and much, much more. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we're going to be going over the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I've got some exciting findings to go over with you guys on that front but first let's go through some of my recent adjustments try to keep you guys up to date I did adjust DJ Moore a little bit bumped him up a little bit but I'm still very low on him compared to consensus so don't worry if you made any moves following my advice on DJ Moore I still fully support it I bumped his target share up from 25% to 27% and it only bumped him up like one or two spots because remember he still doesn't have a, a high passing volume offense so Bumping him up 2% is not going to be 20 targets or, you know, something crazy. It was like a nine-target difference. So he's still being super overdrafted, in my opinion. Just bumped him a little bit. And then Calvin Ridley, I made a pretty sizable bump. I bumped his target share from 19% to 23% and bumped Christian Kirk's down from 21% to 20%. So I am now projecting Calvin Ridley as the number one in terms of targets for the offense. I also bumped Calvin Ridley's yards per completion from 11.3 to 11.8, just with everything that we're hearing from the camps, saying that he's looking really good. I'm not trying to overreact to it, um, but that being said, I did bump him a little bit. Still, you know, I'm not higher than him on than consensus. He's a back-end wide receiver, too, for me. He's stacked on top of Christian Kirk, so I would still rather be drafting Kirk. Kirk is way cheaper. Kirk didn't really move down. He only moved two spots down. He basically moved under Juju and McLaurin, who he was above, and he's pretty much in the same range. So Kirk and Ridley are right there on top of each other for me. I'll take Kirk um, rounds later instead of Ridley. So still, once again, just like DJ Moore, Ridley, I moved him up. A, a sizable move up, probably like, 12 wide receivers he moved over but still not going to be drafting him at his cost and then lastly alexander madison i never got to go over his projection with you guys because i projected the vikings with dalvin cook and then since then he's been released alexander madison i had him or have him at a total of 1150 yards and eight touchdowns he's a running back three for me not a big fan of him um you know he's going to be in that running back like you know, if everyone's healthy, no, there's no injuries, anything to the position, then he's a like RB 26, 27 range for me. And obviously he's being drafted way above that or will be being drafted way above that. So I won't really have any Madison shares and I would sell him right now because in Dynasty, I don't think his value is going to get higher than it is now because people are expecting him to be good and expecting him to be the guy for a year or two. So I would capitalize on that because if he ends up being really good, then you're getting what he was worth. And if he ends up being bad, you got more than what he was worth. You know what I'm saying? So with that said, we're going to get into the Steelers. Let's look at their offensive line, see what kind of changes they got there. They added offensive guard Isaac Sayamalo for three-year, $24 million contract. They added offensive tackle at 14 overall in the first round of the draft, Broderick Jones. And then they added 
Tight end Darnell Washington in round three. And yes, I'm putting him in the offensive line column because that's how he will probably be used. Pat Fryermuth is a very good tight end. I'm not bumping Fryermuth down in any way because of this addition of Darnell Washington. He can make some highlight plays, highlight grabs. He's a big dude. He's very long, decent athleticism. However, he's not really profiling as like a receiving tight end. He's more of, to me, like a highlight play guy guy you try to be sneaky with in the receiving game but mostly he's going to be there to help that offensive line because that was their biggest weakness and they added three guys to help with that big weakness then there's not really any big things to look at for skill positions for the Steelers in terms of what's changed defense a lot of movement on the secondary they lost cornerbacks William Jackson and Cameron Sutton they added cornerbacks Patrick Peterson for a two-year 14 million dollar deal added cornerback Joey Porter in the second round, and then they also added linebacker Cole Holcomb for a three-year $18 million deal and added defensive lineman Keanu Benton in round two of the NFL draft this year. So their defense might be a little bit better, but I'm not expecting anything too crazy. Their coaching, they unfortunately retained offensive coordinator Matt Canada. He's known to have a vanilla offense. There's rumors that he didn't allow Pickett to audible or change the plays. Now, they asked him about that during the season. Matt Canada denied it. He said that's not true. But then Pat Fryermuth pretty recently said in an interview on a podcast when he was talking to Big Ben. Big Ben has a podcast. And he was talking to Fryermuth about this. And Fryermuth said that it was true. So, And I don't know why he would lie. You know what I'm saying? So Fryermuth said that it was tough. Pickett was doing well, but Pickett didn't have the ability to really change the plays much. So if Fryermuth is saying it, I'm going to go with that. Um, so hopefully that changes this year with Pickett going into year two. Now, last year, 2022, the Steelers had 1,071 plays, pretty good number, 571 passes, 500 runs. That 571 passes is kind of on the low end for the Steelers. They're known to be passing a lot with Big Ben. They were always among the leaders in the league in pass attempts. Now, it makes sense. They also had Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Martavis Bryant, you know, all those guys that they had there, Emmanuel Sanders. Like, they just, they had receiving weapons. They still do. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Frymuth coming into his own. So, I expect that number to, to still be high. And they're still going to pass a lot. They passed the ball 53% of the time last year. 47% of the time, they ran. Now, their offense saw three additions that will help on the offensive line, which like I said, was a huge weakness before their defense is about the same. Pickett's going into year two. Hopefully, hopefully, with more control over the play call, Pickett is a smart dude. So hopefully they, they give him that control because if he gets that control, he's going to improve. He's going to get better. He'll be better regardless, I believe, going into year two. But the, the size of the jump could be affected by whether or not he's allowed to audible. So hopefully he's allowed to. In 2021... The Steelers had 1,075 plays. They had 1,071 this year, so or this past year that just ended. 1,075 the year before that, 1,029 the year before that. I'm expecting the 1,070 route to continue for the total plays. I, I don't really see any reason for it to be off the mark, and that's pretty consistent with what they've been in Pittsburgh. So I'm projecting 1,070 plays exactly. Remember, last year was 1,071. With Big Ben, they were very pass-heavy. I think they move a bit in that direction. 
more in that direction than before because last last year they only passed the ball 53% of the time. With Big Ben, it was usually between like 58 and 61, 62% of the time. I think they're going to start heading that direction with Pickett. Not yet, though. So I'm projecting a 55% pass rate. So a little bit, two notches, two percentage points above last year. 55-45 split passing and rushing because, you know, Pickett with the offensive line improvement, it, it allows for him to be able to pass a little bit more because it'll make the running game more efficient, yes, but if you have a bad offensive line, you tend to run more than pass because you're going to, you know, having a bad offensive line, they still can block for for a run game. So you don't really, if you have a weak O-line, you're not really trying to drop back and pass all the time. So they only had 28 touchdowns last year. They had 33 touchdowns in 2021. Both of those numbers are absolutely atrocious. I see that improving. I'm projecting 38 touchdowns this year, so 10 more than last year. It's going to come out to 22 passing and 16 rushing as we break it down. So let's get into Kenny Pickett. There's, and I don't really understand this, there is a negative perception that Kenny Pickett is not a good quarterback, and I do not understand it. I don't know if people are overreacting to the class and applying the stigma of the quarterback class that he came out of against Pickett, but he doesn't deserve that stigma because, first off, he was my quarterback one in his rookie class, and he showed everything last season to confirm why he was my quarterback one. He wasn't even the starter to begin the season, and he and he had a very good year. Pickett played well. You look at his stats, and yeah, they might not be well. Well, er, <clears throat> excuse me, they may not be good, but we're gonna break down why that is. So let's look into Kenny Pickett. First off, I do want to mention he has led multiple two-minute drives successfully as a rookie in a few games, and more than more than once. It wasn't like a one-time thing, and I think it was three on the mark, three games in the end of the season two-minute drives to keep the playoff hopes alive. And he had charge of the offense during these times, and it was during these like last-minute drives trying to save the, the game that he was actually changing the place because it was a quick huddle. You know, he doesn't have time to let Matt Canada call the play for him, so he's putting together the drive himself, and he was very effective. He also showed legit ball placement skills many times with Pickens. He might not be super consistent at that yet, but sometimes he's placing that ball just perfectly where only Pickens can get it as Pickens is a beautiful 50-50 ball receiver. He's willing to push the ball downfield. That's you know a little bit better than what Big Ben was the past couple of years. So he's willing to push the ball downfield. But I want to compare Pickett to Big Ben because a lot of people think Pick Pickett is just not it. He's not really a franchise quarterback. He's going to be just good enough because the Steelers are always good. And he's going to hold down a job there, but he's never going to be much of anything. I don't understand why people think that. So let's compare Big Ben to Pickett. In 2021, so I'm going to give you the numbers in this order, okay? So the first time I say the number, it's going to be Big Ben in 2021. The second time is Big Ben in 2022. The third time is Kenny Pickett last year. Okay, yards per attempt. So the average of the distance of their completions versus their completion rate, the perfect average of that is yards per attempt. It's a good way to average or to quantify how good a season was for a quarterback. So the NFL averages, you know, usually hovers between 7.1 yards per attempt and 7.3. So let's go through Big Ben's 2021-2022 season and Pickett's last year. Yards per attempt, 6.3, 6.2, 6.3. 6 
so Pickett's yards per attempt as a rookie were just as good as the past two years of Big Ben. Now, that you know, you may be saying, hey, that's not really very good. Big Ben was shot the last two years. While that may be true, he has so much experience. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing. He is still should be able to produce higher than a rookie quarterback, yet Pickett comes in, not even as the starter in camp, and is able to be just as good as Big Ben was the past two years. You also have to keep in mind their situation and their supporting cast. Who on that team gets yards after the catch? It's not Pickens, because Pickens is draped all over by corners. So he, he goes up and grabs the ball and makes amazing catches, but he's not doing much after the catch. So Pickens isn't getting you yards after the catch, and that's not going to help your yards per completion or your yards per attempt average. Deontay Johnson, same thing, plays close to the line of scrimmage. He's not a super athlete. He doesn't really do great at brushing off tackles. He's a smaller guy. He's not getting much after the catch. Pat Fryermuth, he's a slow possession tight end who's not getting much after the catch. They don't have any burners, not really, who, who are effective and get targets. They don't have burners. They don't have big physical A.J. Browns or you know guys like of that ilk that can just push people off of them and keep going. No Debo Samuels, no D.K. Metcalfs, no burners, no super shifty quick guys like a Tyree Kill or a Tyler Lockett or anybody like that. So when you're thinking about it, it makes sense that they're not going to have like super high yards per completion or yards per attempt because of the players that they have the ball or have to throw the ball to. Najee Harris even, he's not doing much after the catch either. He's more of a big slower guy, but in the receiving game, he's he's not going to be super effective at just, you know, grabbing the ball and making somebody miss. He's not as good as that as like Le'Veon Bell was, for example. So that's yards per attempt. T- let's look at touchdown rate. Big Ben, 2021, 5.4, 2022, 3.6. Pickett, this is the big difference, 1.8. So touchdown rate, Pickett was atrocious, but we see that a lot with rookies. A lot of times, some of the things that somebody improves on the most as a rookie is their touchdown rate from year one to year two. Let's look at interception rate. Other side of the ball, right? 1.6, 1.7, 1.8. So Kenny Pickett had almost the same interception rate as Big Ben. He's not turning the ball over. He's doing really good at protecting the ball. So I do believe his touchdown rate will improve. Most rookie quarterbacks, especially when they have a very low touchdown rate, improves. Most quarterbacks in general, if their their touchdown rate is that low, it gets better. And I, I believe that that's what's going to happen. I see that happening. Pickett was a rookie. He wasn't the starter to begin the season. He was my quarterback one in his class. He showed everything to confirm that. He led many game-winning drives. He is massively disrespected right now. And like I said, his low yards per attempt, and part of it part of it is due to the nature of his weapons. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Najee Harris, Pat Frymuth, those guys are not doing much after the catch. And his touchdowns are going to go up sizably, sizably in year two. He also has a decent enough rushing that people don't really realize I'm projecting him, and this is just below his pace last year. I'm projecting him for 70 runs, for 315 yards, and four touchdowns. Like I said, that's just below his pace from last year. Now, with his 588 passes, because that's what that everything we talked about before, the 55% um, pass rate with the 10, 1070 plays is going to come out to 588 passes. So let's look at that. I'm expecting his yards per attempt to jump 
okay, from 6.3, that's what it was last year, to about 6.9. That's still below NFL average, and they have below NFL average receiving weapons when it comes to after the catch, explosiveness, stuff like that. So I see his yards per attempt jumping from that 6.3 to 6.9 in the form of a better completion percentage because I don't see his yards per completion really changing too much, but I think his completion percentage will go up drastically. I have it going from 63% to 68% above NFL average. However, his yards per completion are only going to go up from 9.9 to 10.1, which is way below the NFL average, which it makes sense. It's part of the reason why he'll have a high completion percentage because he's throwing the ball close to the line of scrimmage than most quarterbacks. Now, that's 6.9 yards per attempt below NFL average. And his touchdown rate, I have that improving from 1.8 to 3.8. That's still well below the league average of about 4.1, 4.3. So, you know, everything that I'm projecting for Kenny Pickett, despite him showing prowess as a clutch quarterback in his rookie season. Everything I'm projecting for him, and, and he should make strides in year two, is projecting him as a below an average NFL quarterback, okay? But with that sneaky rushing and the fact that he's probably going to be passing almost 600 times, that puts him at 18 points per game. So I'm relatively, surprisingly, relatively high on Pickett. I'm not surprised that I was high on him as a player, but I didn't think I was going to be high on him for fantasy. However, he finishes about, when I'm done with all my projections, he's going to be about QB 16 or 17 for me. So he's a really good quarterback too. He's a good target to trade for right now in Dynasty because his perception is very low. Right now, I bet you that most people would rather have C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, over Kenny Pickett. You could probably, if you had one of those guys, trade for Kenny Pickett and get more on top of it. Now, I wouldn't be trading, unless you get something very nice on top of it, I wouldn't be trading Anthony Richardson because of that rushing ability. However, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, especially Stroud, if you could trade away Stroud for Pickett and something else on the side, I think Stroud having a rookie season like Pickett would be considered successful. So, and, and I don't think he has any more potential than Pickett does, honestly, in the NFL. Like, I would hold them about the same level in terms of potential. And Pickett has already shown us that he's good and can command an offense. So, and he's on a, a stable, he's in an, a stable organization. Like, we trust the Steelers organization to have a good structure and a good team. And that's an important thing to look at in Dynasty. Like, we, we trust the quarterback or I'm sorry, we trust the head coach, we trust the organization, we trust their drafting skills. Like that's a nice situation for Pickett. So there's a trade concoction right there for you. Trade away a guy like CJ Stroud for Pickett and maybe a high second or Pickett and a good young wide receiver, maybe a wide receiver that is a little bit questionable right now, like a Sky Moore or a Kadarius Toney or... Mm, trying to think of any other ones I'll, I'll hit you up if I can think of any other options but with that said all of that stuff on on picket right I'm much higher than him or on him than than everybody else pretty much he's a good trade target for in dynasty because you want to get him while his perception's low before it goes up and people are like oh shit picket's actually really good and he's a great underdog bet because right now 
His over-under season-long passing yardage is 3,250. 3,250. I have him projected for 4,038 touchdowns with a below NFL average yards per attempt, a below NFL average touchdown rate. And I have him 750 yards over his over-under. So as long as he doesn't get hurt, I am so confident in him passing for more than 3,250 yards. So that's a great, that's in my opinion, that's a great bet for the over-unders and the underdog. So I'm really looking at that. I really enjoy that, like that that bet. That's really nice. My overall projection for Pickett is 18 points per game, 588 passes, 400 completions, 4,038 yards, 22 passing touchdowns, and then 315 yards and four rushing touchdowns on the ground. Now let's get into Deontay Johnson, who I'll just straight up tell you right now, I'm not going to tease it or anything, is another great value. He had 26% of the targets last year, 27% of the targets in 2021. I don't see any real reason for that to change. I'm projecting a 26% target share once again, just like last year. His efficiency should go up. It should be near whatever his career best is, which I obviously I looked at. I'm just not going to go break that whole thing down. But his efficiency should be near his career best because Pickett and his surrounding weapons are a better situation than what's usual for Deontay you know he he was dealing with the back end Big Ben who was struggling with the arm strength and the surgeries and all that stuff and then he had no George Pickens he had a Juju who's not really going to be taking pressure off him Juju's not like a dynamic big play threat type of guy or like superimposing alpha that takes pressure off of somebody so and I love Juju like Juju's a good wide receiver but he's not the type of guy to take pressure off of someone so Deontay wasn't, you know, seeing anything easier because of Juju. And then Claypool's garbage. So I'm never, like, I never understand people, like, loving Claypool. It just, it's not a thing. He's not a thing. He's a wide receiver three. He's a basement wide receiver. He's a bench role-playing death wide receiver for an NFL team. Like, that's what the stats all bear out. He's never shown it on tape for me. He had one big game, and I'm not going to go into my Claypool rant because we're talking about the Steelers. He's not on the Steelers anymore for good reason. So Deontay now has a guy to help take pressure off, and he's got a better, younger, healthier, good-armed quarterback in Pickett. So it's a better situation, and the offensive line is getting better than what it has been the past few years, hopefully. So it's a good situation. It should help his efficiency get up to his career best i'm because of that improving his catch rate from 58 and a half percent last year to 63 percent his yards per reception from 10.3 to 10.5 his yards per target from 6 to 6.6 that's still very poor i'm not gonna lie it's still very poor yards per target but he gets such a high target rate that that's gonna help him a lot he had zero touchdowns last year that is why he was a lot of people considering him a bust. That's why. It's because he had zero touchdowns. The offense only threw 12 touchdowns last year. So that's that's not really saying much. I have them passing for 22 touchdowns this year, which is still not that much. However, I had Deontay getting six of the 22 touchdowns. The three years prior to last year, Deontay Johnson had five, seven, and eight touchdowns. Then he had a, bu- a bummer, a stinker at zero touchdowns, and everyone's throwing him to the wayside. I'm only giving him six touchdowns. That's less than the past two years, 
or two of the last three years, that's less than. So it's not really a, a crazy projection in any way. I'm basically, if you look at it, I'm giving him the same amount of targets as last year. A little bit of an efficiency bump. His average career touchdowns, that brings him to 153 targets, 96 receptions, 1,011 receiving yards, 6 receiving touchdowns, that's 13.9 points per game. He is consistent. He is a late wide receiver too for me. When I'm done with the projections, he'll probably be about wide receiver 24. Right now he's like looking like he's going to be wide receiver 22, but I might be, you know, misprojecting some guys and like in my head that I actually haven't projected yet. And once I do the projections, they might slide above him. So he'll probably be about wide receiver 24 for me. His expert consensus ranking, and which is always usually pretty close or somewhat close to ADP, and that's what I like to look at right now because ADP is kind of unreliable right now. He's wide receiver 37. I have him at wide receiver about 24. So that's a huge gap. It's a huge value. 13 wide receiver dis- difference. He is, once again, in the same mold of like a juju for this year for me. He's somebody that I love when I'm going running back heavy, trying to grab an elite tight end, or going expensive at quarterback. And I want to kind of neglect the wide receiver position. Deontay Johnson is one of those guys you want to fill into that wide receiver two spot because you can get him as if he's being drafted basically as if he's a wide receiver four or a late, late wide receiver three. That's that's silliness. It's absolute silliness. So I'm all over Deontay. You would think based off everything I'm telling you that he would be a good underdog bet too. He's actually not, which shows you that you should be confident in my projection for him because my projection is pushing him way higher than he's being drafted. And my my over under, like for the season for him, is not really that much higher than his projection in Vegas for his season long over under. So I'm not betting that. I'm not touching that. But that just, just make you more confident. Like, hey, Vegas is pretty close to Brandon's projection. So, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm trust that and be good with that. Then we've got Pat Fryermuth. He's the last person in the receiving game, really. Oh, wait, just kidding. I, I usually do wide receivers and then my tight end. For some reason, I did Fryermuth before Pickens, so that's why it threw me off. So let's talk about Fryermuth, though. It's not going to take too long. He had a 19.5% target share last year. He was the number two target in the offense. I'm not projecting a bump in targets. There's not really a reason to give him a bump that's already a high target share, especially for especially for a tight end. Man, that, that's like the longest I've gone on a podcast lately without yawning, so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, he's, you know, the number two, I'm projecting 19% of the targets, just barely under it last year. I just, I don't see why it would bump up. There's no reason for me to fire, for Fryer me to get like a 21, 22% target share and just keep going up when they just added a guy like Pickens, who's a rookie last year, who was very good. And Najee's still decent in the receiving game. So it wouldn't make sense for Fryer Muth to be getting a whole bunch. So I'm projecting 19% of the targets. However, much better touchdowns. He only had two touchdowns last year. I'm giving him similar efficiency, but more touchdowns. I'm giving him five compared to two. There's a lot more touchdowns to go around in my projection this year. That's going to give Fryermuth, like I said, similar efficiency, 112 targets, 76 receptions, 836 yards, five receiving touchdowns. It's 11.2 points per game. I have him about where he's being drafted, tight end seven to tight end nine range. Then we've got George Pickens. Let's look at week three on. First two weeks, he did get some targets, a little bit, not much, but he wasn't very effective. It was also Trubisky throwing the ball. 
So let's look at week three on. He had a 16% target share. His role might grow a bit, but I don't expect huge growth unless he develops better as a route runner. You look at his like, you know, just separation and just watching him on tape and stuff. He has people draped on him. That's not surprising to me. That doesn't change the way I see Pickens. People that lowered their idea of what Pickens will be in the NFL after they watched his rookie season had a complete misevaluation on who he was as a player because he did he's doing exactly what I would have expected. I I loved Pickens. I loved him as a rookie. Like before he played, he was somebody that I was trying to target everywhere. I had him much higher in my rookie receiver rankings than most people. And it was a perfect rookie season to what I expected. I wasn't expecting Pickens to get open. There was nothing in his profile in college that suggested to you that Pickens was going to be a guy who was going to get open against NFL corners. What you should have been projecting was that he was going to be one of the few guys to be a 50-50 dominant alpha go-up-and-get-it receiver, which is exactly what he showed us to be. He confirmed what you should have had him evaluated as in college he confirmed he can do it in the NFL as a rookie why are all of a sudden people like oh my gosh but he doesn't get separation we must lower him he never was getting separation so why all of a sudden are we lowering him it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense to me like it's like people saw him in college and was like oh yeah but he's gonna get you know he does he doesn't have separation against these college corners but he'll get separation against nfl corners he'll get better and he'll, he'll get a lot of separation he's not a super athletic super quick twitch guy to be able to do that now he might become a better route runner become more polished but i can tell you right now he's never going to be a guy who's just burning corners and, and hitting crazy angles and breaking off routes beautifully he's that's not the type of guy he is he's like a des bryant he's like a modern day des bryant des bryant made a living off of not having great separation, but being really good at the catch point, knowing how to box out defenders. He's a was a guy that was always open. You just throw the ball up to Des Bryant. He's open. He'll grab it. Because, you know, when you're covered, you're open. That's the type of guy Bryant was. That's the type of receiver Pickens is. And I, I don't see why that's going to change anything. So for me, I have his target share going up from 16% to 18%. Just a little bit of a bump, you know, coming into year two having more trust. They're going to throw the ball to him a lot through training camp and all this stuff. And they're going to be like, yeah, dude, this guy is so good. We'll give him a couple more chances than last year. I'm giving him a similar catch rate, but because the offensive line has improved for the Steelers, that's going to let Pickett sit in the pocket a little bit longer. And that means Pickens, who mainly goes deeper in the field, is going to get a little bit deeper before that target gets to him. So his yards per reception are going to go up a little bit because he's going to be able to get deeper because Pickett's is going to be able to hold onto the ball a little bit longer with a better offensive line. So I'm raising Pickens' yards per reception from 15.4 to 16.4. It's not a big deal. It's like a 7% bump. Um, doing math in my head. Is that? Yeah, it's like a 7% bump. And I'm giving him six of the 22 touchdowns that I have projected in this offense passing-wise. He had four out of 12 last year, 33%. I'm giving him six out of 22. It's about 27%. I'm giving him 160, or, sorry, 106 targets, 66 receptions, 
1,076 yards and six touchdowns. That's 12.3 points per game and puts him at about wide receiver 36. That's exactly where he's being ranked right now, same as his current value. When I was going on my rant about, I don't understand why people are lower on him, that's all dynasty related. Because all of a sudden, despite him having a very good, very productive rookie season and looking like an absolute beast, showing that he has some of the best hands in the NFL and best body contortion, body control, uh, ability to manipulate and work at the sideline and tap his toes in. All of a sudden, because some people are saying, hey guys, but he doesn't get open. Now everyone's like freaking out and selling pickings everywhere. Guys, if the person who owns him is devaluing him, go go trade for him. If you can get pickings for like an early 2024 second, go get pickings for that. And people, I'm sure many people are going to make that trade because look at what he was drafted as. He was drafted as a early second round pick, and now people are starting to freak out a little bit. So you can get him for what he was valued as when he got drafted. People will feel like, hey, you know, I'm breaking even, or it's the 2024 class, so I'm, I'm actually doing even better or whatever. So, you know, that's that's a nice value that I would pay for Pickens. I'm not really sure who I would prefer in Dynasty over Pickens and Deontay. That's that's really, I'm not going to lie, that's very close because Deontay is a guy that gets open, so it makes me more confident in him in the long term of his career just because he, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know because Pickens is, the problem is he's so good at what he does that it's not something that like a corner is going to be able to learn to, to beat. Like it's not, oh, he's good at route running and he does this and I can predict what route he's going to do because he does this as a setup for this type of route and all that stuff. It's none of that. It's like, I know what he's going to do. He's just going to beat me at it because he's a beast. So I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, I, I think I would probably, if I'm in a win now window, I'll take Deontay just because of his crazy target volume right now. But if he continues being as inefficient as he's been in his career, I don't know how long that target volume is going to last. So that's the one thing that worries me about Deontay. So I, I'm not going to lie and sit here and say I could tell you who I prefer in Dynasty. I think it's kind of a toss-up. Now let's look at Najee Harris. I have him at six or sorry, nine percent of the targets. That's what he had last year, giving him same usage, same efficiency, 79% catch rate, six yards per reception, three receiving touchdowns. It's you know just like usual. That's gonna be 53 targets, 42 receptions, 250 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. Now let's look at the carries. That's gonna be what's more important for Najee Harris. Last year in the running back room, he got about 74% of the carries to the running backs. He is the typical Steelers workhorse. That's something you can always trust with Pittsburgh. They're a one running back system. They give, you know, carries to other guys, yes, but they are majority one running back system. That's gonna continue. I don't see why it wouldn't. Some people are getting worried, like, hey. Najee might not be that good, and Jalen Warren is looking better than him, and maybe Jalen Warren takes over. Is that a possibility? Yes, it's the NFL. Many things are possible. However, they put significant draft capital as a first-round pick went in to Najee Harris. And when somebody, when a team does that and that guy's on a rookie contract, they're not going to just blow him off. Like Unless, it, unless you're Seattle, because Seattle has no problem doing that, like most people stick with their guys, and Najee is Pittsburgh's guy. I also do think he will be better, look better when the passing attack 
looks a little bit more, not deadly, because that makes them sound really good, but when they're a little bit more of a threat, and when the offensive line is a little bit better as well with the three additions between Darnell Washington and the two offensive linemen. So I thought when I'm thinking about all this stuff, I'm like, hey man, I'm probably going to come out higher on Najee than most. Turns out that's not the case. So like I said, 74% of the running back room carries last year. There is 362 carries to go around to the running backs in my projection for this year. I'm giving Najee Harris a 72% share from down from 74 last year. That's 260 carries. He had a 3.8 yards per carry average last year, among the worst in the league. I'm bumping it up to 4.25. That's still well below the NFL average, but like I said, lots of minimal, excuse me, Lots of minimal upgrades to the offensive line and Pickett taking pressure off more. So that's going to be good for Najee. I'm giving him nine rushing touchdowns compared to seven last year. He's got more opportunities to score. That 260 carries is going to come out with the 4.25 yards per carry is going to come out to 1,105 rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns. And remember, he's got 42 receptions, 251 receiving yards. So 1,300 yards or 1,350 yards total for Najee Harris and 12 touchdowns total that's 14.7 points per game he's a high end high end running back two for me just about where he's being valued currently so the overall takeaway from your Steelers is that Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson are huge values right now in both redraft and dynasty Pickens is a good dynasty value right now because people are starting to freak out on him Test the waters, see what the Pickens owner is thinking, how they're feeling. Maybe they're trying to sell him because they're freaking out about this whole separation thing. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. Drop a rating, drop a review. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Till next time. Peace.